Hey guys, welcome back to your episode of Newcast. I'm here with Max Fosh. So Max, tell us about yourself. Um, hi, yeah. Um, my name is Max Fosh. I am a YouTuber and presenter based in London, England. Um, I have been running my YouTube channel for about three years and I've been doing YouTube full-time as a job for about a year and a half. Um, before that, I was at university and my content is all focused around i mean I, I kind of hope that my content is it's mainly man on the street interviews um mm -hmm. but i hope that it's pretty inoffensive light-hearted entertainment so uh nothing that's going to be particularly shake the shake the world up but uh, hopefully it's going to give people um a little bit of enjoyment if they need a bit of escapism basically yeah great way to describe how you make the content of your videos i personally just when I found you out, I always watch them after, right after school, online classes, mm -hmm. and they make me laugh. So it was like distracting me from school. So that's yeah. good to know. It's good to know. So who inspired you? Who inspired you to start YouTube? It's a great question. Um, I was pretty late to watching YouTube. I mean, I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite old. I'm 25 in terms of like the YouTube sphere. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of YouTubers are kind of in their early 20s. But so, so I know a lot of people in the UK grew up watching KSI and, and the Sidemen and gaming videos like that. And I, I was aware of what YouTube was when I was growing up when I was in secondary school. Um, but it wasn't until I went to university when I was maybe 19 or 20 that I really started watching YouTube as I watch it now. Um, in terms of like really following YouTubers and being an avid subscriber of different people. Um, so the people who I kind of first watched was Casey, um, Casey Neistat when he first started doing his New York vlogs. Um, that was the first time that I understood what it meant to be a YouTuber as like a full-time job, whereas previously I had seen YouTubers not really as their own kind of thing, but they made content online, they somehow got paid for it. But Casey was the first time where I saw someone doing YouTube as a job and thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. Um, there were a few YouTubers in the UK that I used to watch um, growing up. I mean, kind of uh, Joe Sugg was one of them. Um, and I mean, I think you can look at YouTubers in terms of generations now. So they were kind of in the UK YouTube scene, they were like very much first generation and we, mm -hmm. we've had second generation, we're coming to third generation. So it's yeah. changing all the time. But so I think to go back to your question, the answer is, Basically, watching the first New York vlogs um, and getting here and me and my friends were all big big fans of his so he was the first one who inspired me or, or showed me that YouTube definitely was a possibility but YouTube was never really my end goal um, I kind of fell into YouTube very much I personally also watched Casey in like two Joe Sugg videos because they always appear in my recommended um, mm. so one of the main series on your channel is Street Smart. How did you come up with Street Smart? So I was uh, I was at university, and as I said uh, previously, I I hadn't really seen YouTube as a potential option for me as a career or as a job. And I because I wanted to go into presenting, I wanted to be a radio presenter, and I wanted to be a TV presenter. And I'd done about three years of radio work. Um, in something in the UK, we have hospital radio stations. So they broadcast um, radio to all the, the hospital radio, uh, to all the hospitals. Um, and they're purely there as, a, as something to, so you can have some local news and entertainment as well. And so I worked there for three years. And as I was finishing up there, I had one more year left at university. And I thought I'd love to get some video stuff together because I had all my radio experience. I thought I'd love to get some experience um, interviewing people just on, on camera. 
So I had this idea of the summer before my last year of university to interview students who were on nights out in Newcastle, which is where I was at university. And it was the first week of the year and everyone was out partying, having a good time. So I've picked up my camera and for, for five days straight, I went out, filmed a video, went home, went to sleep the next day, edited the previous night's video, uploaded it, and then would go out again and film that evening. So for five days, I did that continuously. And I just wow. came up with a name. I just came up with the name of Street Smart because um, I thought it was a, a pretty kind of silly, silly title. And after those five days of filming every night and uploading and really kind of being a bit of a baptism by fire, I had a few messages and people, a few of my friends said, oh, that was actually quite good. You should continue doing that. So for my last year at university, every week or so, I'd probably go out and film a new video and keep building this thing. And at that point, I was only putting them on, on Facebook, um, mm -hmm. YouTube wasn't I, I put them on YouTube as well but they were getting maybe like 50 views um but Facebook is where I found a little bit of um success in terms of people tagging and sharing it with their friends and oh did you see Nicholas say this the other night and that's that kind of thing so that's how it started and then it just very much snowballed from there over the course of maybe a year year and a half very interesting story and how it came up with Street Smart um it was interesting how you five days just like making videos and like, wow. Yeah, because I, 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 I get this, I kind of, I, I sometimes get asked this question of how do you stay, I, I'm very regular in my uploads. I try to make sure that every mm -hmm. Sunday there's a new video. Um, and I sometimes get asked, how do you become so regular with that? It's like, because the reason that is, is because I just try and set myself a goal. So I, if I knew that, if I said to myself, right, this week, Max, you're going to have to come away from this week having made five videos it very much puts a clear marker in my mind that's what I've got to do and that's going to happen so it was um it was a lot of work but I was glad that I was quite strict on myself and I set myself a goal and, and luckily kind of um I came through but it was the perfect learning experience I learned how to edit I learned how to make a video I learned where I was going wrong what was right so it was it was very much a baptism by fire great so your channel was before called Street Smart. So yeah. why did you decide to change it to Street Smart to Max Vosh? That's a great question. I mean, I mean, not many people know that it used to be called Street Smart. The channel used to be called Street Smart because the reason why it used to be called Street Smart because back then I was only making Street Smart videos. And <laughs> the reason for the channel was purely just to make Street Smart. So it made sense to call the channel Street Smart. And then I moved to London, I graduated from university and um, I kind of thought to myself, I was on about 20,000 subscribers, 30,000 subscribers. Um, and I thought to myself, well, hold on, going forward, is it a good idea to be calling this channel Street Smart if I want to do different things? And I kind of thought, no, it's not. So I, I, made, the, I made the decision to to change it to Max Fosh at about 30,000 subscribers. And it was the best thing I did because it meant that going forward, I, I wasn't just confined to making just street smart videos um, and meant that it, it opened up my avenues for different types of content massively. And as a result, I've now kind of had the unconventional series. I've got the special private investigator series. So it's really helped in, um, in broadening that horizon. But yeah, the, the, the channel used to be called Just Street Smart. Um, the reason I found out, I was watching the Zach and Jay video you did with them the one on the fashion week, which we'll talk yeah. about later. Um, and they showed a screenshot of your channel and it's a street smart. Mm. I checked the link in the description and I saw it was Max Fosh. So that's how I kind of 
That's a, yeah, good little detective work there. And what's funny <laughs> is that Facebook, um, Facebook won't let me. Facebook won't let me change the name of the page to Max Fosh because they have a process where if the um, if the if the name is too different from the original name that you first put in, they won't let you change it. So whereas YouTube, you can change it to whatever you like. Facebook don't allow mm -hmm. me. So on Facebook, it's still called Street Smart, and I, I'm not allowed to change it. Wow, I did not know that about Facebook. Yeah, so the Facebook channel is still called Street Smart, um, and I think it will remain so because I'm not allowed to change it to Max Fosh. Great. Uh, so now with the next question, how do you come up with video ideas in quarantine and without quarantine? Um, I think so beforehand, obviously, my, my, a lot of my content, my, my thing on YouTube was a lot of it was interviewing people in large social gatherings. So the banning of, of large social gatherings initially was very scary for me. So I thought, OK, what am I going to do? Um, and I have to say it was it was difficult. Um, I had if you if you look at kind of the amount I uploaded in kind of March and early April when we went into lockdown in the UK here in the UK. I, I could I didn't really upload because I didn't know what to do. I tried to do the whole kind of street smart stuff over Zoom, but I just found that it didn't work at all. So I got lucky um, because there was a um, there was a photo frame that I had in my flat that I'd been given about two years previously when I first moved in. And I'd always said to my flatmates, sorry, and in the photo frame, sorry, there was a stock photo that I hadn't been bothered to, to change out. And for years, I just left it on the side and thought, oh, whatever. And as a result, the stock photo had just stayed in the flat for about two years. And I'd said to my housemate for a long, long time, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out who that, that woman is because she's just kind of part of the flat now. She's part of the furniture. Um, and so I then did this whole video series and finding this woman in the stock photo and it did really well. And it kind of allowed me to open up my content to a different avenue and different angles. So um, lockdown was, was simultaneously really worrying for the channel but also the best thing for the channel because it meant that the channel could grow and change its content quite slowly um, and now when it comes to my inspiration for videos honestly anything like, I'm not confined to it being an on the street video anymore if I have an idea that is great for an on the street kind of street smart style then I'll do it um, if we're allowed to because of lockdown but um, now now I'm just watching tv or I'm watching I'm kind of getting different ideas from just looking at things so um, I've got a video idea soon, um, which is going to come out in a couple of weeks, which just happened when I was just eating my breakfast. So it was a situation of, oh, hold on, that's a bit weird. Do I wonder what's happened there? Um, so that's how I very much come up with my ideas is, is slightly just um, doing a little bit of research or seeing something that kind of triggers something in my memory. And my question is always, can I make a video out of that? Can I make a video out of that? Yeah, because definitely a lot of people just like when they're like, let's say just like watching YouTube and the person, the, let's say they're watching like Casey Neistat and he says something interesting in the video and you get an idea from that. That's how probably some people get their ideas. That's how I do sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. of course. It's like you're always, always kind of, if, if you have a question in your mind, if you're thinking about something and you see something else, you just immediately link the mm -hmm. two together. So it's, it's a great way to come up with ideas, definitely. So do you still have the stock photo with you? Like, I do, actually. Let me just go and get is? it. One sec. So yeah, I've still, I've still got the stock photo. And um, instead of like replacing it now that I found out who she is, I've just renamed it. So she's called, she's called Alana. Um, oh. that, was the, that was the stock photo. The, uh, I called her Sarah in my video. 
um, <laughs> because I just kind of gave her just a, a random name. But I then found out the model was called Alana. So she's very much stayed in the flats and we haven't changed it out just yet. So I always look at it and have a nice like fond memory of what it was like during lockdown. So it's, it's kind of a bit of a memory for what it was like in the height of quarantine. That's very cool and funny. Mm. Um, so what is the process of filming a Max Fosh video? I mean, it depends what, what you mean by a Max Fosh video. So do you mean a street smart video or do you mean kind of like a one that I'm doing in the flat and when I'm kind like, of a, a, uh, a investigator? A street smart video and like how has like quarantine affected on how you film those street smart videos? So, I mean, quarantine has affected street smart massively. Obviously, I, I can't I can't interview people when we're not allowed to get close to them. So I'm always looking at the regulations and here in the UK, there was a period where we were allowed to be outside, but within, uh, 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 we were allowed to be outside with people, but they had to be a meter apart. So mm -hmm. a lot of my recent Street Smart videos is me stood with my arm at a length, just to make sure that I had that, that, that um, the gap between us. But the process there is, is pretty simple. I come up with an idea, I'll, I'll come up with a theme of a video. So um, I did one in the States, um, which was um, just learning about America. But very simple, just an overarching um, idea. And then I will come up with as many questions as I can think of in about 30 minutes. I'll sometimes write questions that I know I can think of a punchline for. Um, and then it's just a situation of going out with, I've got a cameraman who's great. Um, and we just go out and film for about an hour and a half. And I come home with about an hour's worth of footage. And I just sit down and just firstly, I clip anything that's funny in the whole thing. And then once I've got about 15 minutes of funny clips, I then try and form a, like a, a story, even though it's kind of a very loose story, I still try and form a story around that's going to be about four or five minutes long. And then I add the subtitles and then I upload. So that's a street smart video in a nutshell. Um, but I've done them now for, yeah, for three years. So it's, it's become a little bit of a process. I know exactly. I kind of go into autopilot when I'm making a street smart video because it, I've done it so many times. I've made probably a hundred of them. So it's a very simple, like get your head down and just do it kind of thing. Whereas the, the, the more recent videos, I, when there's a story or a narrative line going through it, it needs a little bit more time in the edit or a little bit more planning about the structure of it to make sure that when I'm in the edit, I'm not freaking out. That I don't know what I'm doing. Very interesting. Um, so you mentioned that the, like there was a time where you had to be one meter apart. And I remember watching one of your videos, I was about to miss like right after I finished school because I was like investigating, you know, more stuff. And you made a reference that like one meter is like three French baguettes. Yeah. And, and I found that really funny. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of, of me beforehand writing little jokes into the video, <laughs> which I know I can, I can use. So in that scenario, I remember I thought I had to, I have to, acknowledge the fact that we need to be a meter apart so how can I make this funny so it's always about trying to add value to something that needs to be said yeah so what's your favorite video you've done um that's a really that's a really good question because every single time I upload I upload a video really proud of this one this one is one of my one of my favorites um but I think up there is definitely, I went to a metal detecting convention um, mm -hmm. about two years ago. And it was the first time that I tried the news format of unconventional, where I go to weird and wacky conventions around the world and the UK. And it, 
it per- that, that, that experience at the metal detecting convention perfectly encapsulated what I hoped to, to come across in the video, which was from the outside, it would seem an odd convention, lots of people going metal detecting, but in actuality, and the people I met there were so friendly, so charming, really warm, and it was really fun experience. And I left that convention thinking, wow, I can totally understand why lots of people go metal detecting. It seems like a lot of fun. So I think that definitely sticks in the mind as, as being a favorite because it just encapsulated everything that I hope it would in the video. Interesting choice. I, I wasn't expecting you to pick that one. Yeah, um, I, often, often it, it didn't do particularly well in terms of views. Um, but I, I always think that all I can do is, is make the video. What happens when mm-hmm. I post it has got nothing to do with me. So I try not let the views kind of um, uh, jade that opinion. So I think the mm-hmm. one that I wanted, I, I, yeah, I really enjoy metal detecting. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> so how did you meet Zach and Jay? So Zach and Jay, um, I was a big fan of Zach's when he was doing his personal channel. And I was, I remember watching when they released the trailer for Zach and Jay. Um, I remember actually exactly where I was standing. I was visiting a friend at university. And anyway, I watched that, I watched that trailer and I was a big fan of Zach and Jay. And I moved down to London and one day I walked past Zach on the street. I was with, with my flatmate and I was like, hold on. Was that, was that Zach Allsop? And he had no idea who Zach Allsop was. Um, but he was like, yeah, I, th- I, think it, I think it was Zach Allsop. And um, later that evening, I just messaged him on Instagram and said, hi, mate. Um, I make videos. I'd done a year's worth of Street Smart by that point. And I'd said, hi, man. Um, let me know if you ever need help filming. I can do this. I can do that. I can help. I'll work for free. And surprisingly, he messaged me early the next morning being like, yeah, man, actually, can you film today? Can you help us today? And they were filming a video um, with Red Bull and Travis Pastrana on the top of the Millennium Stadium, uh, Millennium Stadium in the O2 Arena in, in London. And I just ended up filming for the Black Day. And I was like, wow, that was fun. And we then became good mates and slowly um, they live like really, really close to me in London. So we just became good mates, saw each other both in a YouTube sense and in a social sense. And so became good mates with them through that that so it was great yeah um very interesting story on how you met him and like just your first actual interaction with him was like in the o2 like yeah, i think on top was. of it or something like that yeah no the first the first time i actually ever met zach and jay was it was i'd been told to meet them at the o2 mm-hmm. and they said okay get here for 10 a.m so i arrived at 10 a.m and, and i walked towards the meeting point where we were supposed to meet and I saw them there, both of them standing there, but they were surrounded by four or five policemen. Um, because what had happened is because of their previous activities or previous experiences of breaking into places, they'd been on a blacklist of the O2. And so although they were there legally allowed to film for that particular day, the police didn't know that. So they were being interrogated about why they were there as I rocked up and met them. So I stood there quite <laughs> awkwardly as they were being asked by police why they were there what they were filming, whether they had any credentials, who they were meeting. Um, so yeah, that was a very, it was a very interesting first meeting. Wow, that, that's definitely very interesting. Yeah. So one of the things you did with them was go to the Top of Fashion Week. Yeah. And one of the things that came out of that was that you went viral in China. Mm. So can you explain a little bit of that? Yeah, so we did the video and the idea of the video was pretty simple. It was just to 
dress me up in some silly stuff and go to London Fashion Week and just see what we could do. And and it it just <laughs> it went um, it went a lot better than we were expecting. Kind of um, we rocked up and I was wearing some really stupid outfits that we'd got from a local stationery shop. We just went to a local stationery shop and just put it on me and thought, okay, that'll do. And we just went to London Fashion Week and we got, we had two cameras. And on one of the cameras, we just started flashing the, the, the triggering the flash and saying, Max, Max, over here, over here. And uh, all, the, all the paparazzi had no idea who I was, but they, just, they thought I was someone important. So they turned around and started taking pictures. And it kind of snowballed from there. And then I was, I was kind of asked who I was wearing, what I was doing, who I was seeing. And I just played the part of a model where I just pretended not to care what they were talking about. <laughs> and um, we then the next day, it, it kind of got a bit out of hand. The next day we were invited to a show. I was invited to a show. So I got to sit in the show and I was wearing just the most crazy outfit. Anyway, we, we made this video and we posted it. Zach posted it. And from the, from the get-go it just went it just went big it went huge um it was i remember going to bed one night and it was on about one and a half million views and waking up and it was on four wow. like and for a channel for them their channel was on like 40 50 000 subscribers at the time so that must have been huge it was it was just like like never again i think as a youtuber in my whole career will i get a video that goes that big so to do it as literally my first video with them as a collaboration um it was like wow and then it just kind of snowballed from there and and i then started getting messages from people um from china saying max your the, the video's gone viral in china you're you're really famous in china and someone had taken the video and uploaded some mandarin subtitles and put it on their social media called weibo mm -hmm. and it had got 75 million views or something ridiculous um, I was on, I was in the Pakistani evening news. I was, it was, it was being picked up by news story, like, like newspapers around the world. Um, and I mean, I have to say it was the first time we'd done anything like that. And we thought, well, that was easy. Let's just do that again. And it, we, we tried it in Paris. We went to Paris in the summer. Um, this time with a much more planned video, we really put so much more effort into it and it just didn't go as well. And that's the, that's the beauty of YouTube. That's the, um, that's the game that gets played. Like you never know when it's going to go well and when it's not going to go well. And sometimes it just turns out that if you just kind of put your, your head down and just do it, it's often the best, the best situation. Yeah, that's insane. Like how about 75 million views. And when like the personal funniest thing about that video was how, I think it was Zach or Jamie who came up with your name. Yeah, I mean, we, we had no idea. So the name of the model, the character that we have was Maximus Bucharest, but we had spent hours in my flat, especially where I am right now, like doing the, the costumes and stuff. And someone had mentioned, oh, what's the name going to be? And we'd always thought we'd try to come up with names, but it was too difficult, <laughs> too hard to think of something. And then Zach came up with the name Maximus Bucharest when he got asked by a photographer who I was. And he just said to me, he said subsequently that it's a name that just like, he just made up on the spot. And um, so it was lucky that he came up with something like that on the spot and it just kind of stuck. Um, and so that's how the, the name Maximus Bucharest was born. And as a result, we've done, I've done, I think I've done three videos with Maximus Bucharest, maybe four. So mm -hmm. it's a character that's done really, really well. Yeah. It's done really well in a bunch of different like social media places. Mm. Like on YouTube, we got 20 million views and it's now Zach and Jason's most popular video. On Weibo, 75 million views, it's gone viral.
Yeah, it went it went mega viral. It was the first time I ever experienced something like that, and probably will be the last time I've ever experienced <laughs> something that big. Yeah. So in the Happy Hour podcast, you mentioned mm. I think it was Jack Jack mate who mentioned that he did a little bit investigating and that you went to a very exclusive school in England. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have like one short story or two short stories about your time there? Um, yeah, so I went to a school called Harrow, which um, was, it, what is, uh, it's, a, it's seen as a very prestigious school here in the UK. It's very old. It dates back to, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know when, but I think the 1600s. So it's, I mean, it's older than, the, it's older than the United States, for example. Wow. Um, so it was a really, really old school. And um, I went there because um, I was very privileged to, to be able to go there and, it was a very interesting place. Um, it was a place which really taught you some some interesting things other than education. I think that's the one thing that I learned a lot when I was there was the ability to be very kind of comfortable talking in, in front of large groups of people. So from the beginning, you're encouraged um, to, to do that, to give speeches, to debate people. And that is, is very valuable education in the long term to, to help public speaking. And so I sometimes get asked, oh, do you ever get nervous interviewing people out on the street? And the answer is no, because my time at Harrow very much prepared me for, for that. Um, it, it allowed me to, to experience and um, evolve that side of my personality. So it gave me a lot of confidence, which was, which was definitely a positive. Um, there were definitely negatives of it as well. Um, I, it was it was school. I, I don't think I had a, I don't I didn't particularly love school life. I think when I was there, I was very much wanted to get out. But as I've stepped back and looking looking back on it, I can see the positives. Um, but it was definitely an experience, um, and I'm very lucky and very I look back and think myself very lucky to be able to have gone there. And I just want to make sure that I make the most of the opportunity that I was given by being sent to a place like Harrow. So since it's like a very exclusive school, I'm guessing like the uniform and like how the day went was like different from other schools. So was it different? Yeah, I think it was. Um, it was very regimented. So you, it's a boarding school. So you stay at school at night as well. You sleep there and you only go home once, every, for once one weekend every three weeks. So you're very much there all the time. And so as a result, it, every moment of the day is structured with something to do because I think it's, it's quite not dangerous, but it's um, it, it, being, having like lots of things to do back to back is very good for kind of teenage boys. So um, yeah, it was, it was odd. So we, we wore, um, we wore things called boaters, which are straw hats um, as part of tradition. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tradition that um, surrounds the school. Definitely. Um, so it was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it, it, it was not reflective of what school is normally like for a lot of people. And I, I very much understand that. Um, but yeah, we had to, we had to wear on Sundays, we were wearing tail coats with like what some people call them penguin suits. You look like penguins, so long, 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 um, jackets with pinstripe trousers, um, and a, a black tie and some, the prefects, prefects, sorry, wore top hats and had canes. So the, the uniform looked very similar to what it did in the 1800s to now. Um, so I think that's, that's probably the main difference from, from a normal school in terms of uniform. 
Wow, I'm guessing you were very uncomfy too. Yeah, I think it was, but you very much get used to it. Um, yeah. you, you really, I, I don't seem to remember it being particularly uncomfortable. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a, a lots of people have school uniforms. And so um, I think it's just a, it's a matter of getting used to things. But I, I remember it seemed to be quite comfortable in it during lessons. So I was all right. <laughs> Definitely. So what's the difference between posh people and like normal people? And which do you prefer? <laughs> I think I don't think I don't think there is any distinction for for what a posh person is. I mean, I'm sure there are various different stereotypes here in the UK um, about what a posh person is, um, and I'm sure that I I very much fall into that category. But for me, the most important thing when it comes to somebody is are they a nice person? And so mm-hmm. I I will always I will always make that uh, judgment before anything else. So how how do they treat other people? Are they kind? Are they um, are they like are they rude so i don't i don't make any distinction between posh people and so-called normal people i think that as long as someone is a nice person and they treat people with respect and they work hard then that's the most important thing definitely i definitely agree with like how they treat other people and if they're nice or not yeah it's i mean i have to yeah. say it's something it's something that i've um i've i've definitely i've used it in my videos i've mm-hmm. i've spoken to quote unquote posh people um, but that's nothing more than just kind of clickbait title stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that I think because I am, I would be called in the UK, I would be a posh person myself. I am a posh person myself. Um, I think it gives me that opportunity to be able to, to take the mick really um, of, of posh people because I know I am one myself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jack, Jack, Jack touched upon it a few times, but and it's definitely something that I know that, is, is part of who I am um, but I just tried to make sure that I'm I'm just uh, someone who, who treats people with respect and is is nice to be around definitely so um what was I gonna say oh my god I totally forgot okay so uh, I'll come back when if I if I remember later so do you support any like sports teams or anything yeah, I'm a big Chelsea fan. I'm a big Chelsea fan. Um, I was very lucky to have a brand deal with Chelsea uh, about two months ago, which was really cool. The opportunity to, to work with my football team um, was, was awesome. Um, I watch a lot of sports. Um, i big rugby fan, big cricket fan. I know these are particularly uh, specific to the, to the UK, but um, I watch a lot of soccer or football. So no, I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan and Chelsea is definitely my team. Yeah, I support United and Barca. Oh, nice. Um, a good a good mix there. <laughs> yeah. So for the last question, do you have any advice for like upcoming YouTubers? Yeah, of course. I think it's it's so hard. It is mm-hmm. so hard. And I kind of know that better than anyone. I got very lucky that I did a video which went so viral and managed to kind of go from there. So I I can empathize and still empathize it's still really difficult for me to try to get new things out there and try and stay relevant so for me it's it's do something new now Mm -hmm. it might be it might be scary to have that that said to you because you then think well I don't know I don't have any new ideas but those new Mm -hmm. ideas come by creating by doing it actually and and posting or maybe not even posting if you're too scared to post and you don't want people to know what you're doing, then that's fine. But just create things in the first place because when you create, more ideas come to you and more more options open up to themselves. So 
everyone can be an expert in the classroom, but until you're actually doing it, I think you're not really learning. Um, so I would say create as much as you can do like do it all the time. Like it has to be something that you really, really are passionate about. And two, you have to be really passionate about it. You have to be really, really happy with just making videos and the idea that no one's going to, no one's going to watch them. I try and operate on the, on the idea that as soon as I've made the video and I've hit publish, I forget about the video. The video is done because what, what I can do about it in that scenario is finished. Like I don't, I can't control how many views it's going to get. And frankly, you shouldn't really care about how much, how many views it's going to get. Although it's easier said than done, but you shouldn't because as long as if you are making, if you're, if you're getting joy from creating, then that's the most important thing. So I would, I would say, love what you do. That's the number one, because it doesn't change once you get a few more subscribers. The enjoyment doesn't increase because you've got a few more subscribers. So really love what you do, number one. And two, do it. Do it, do it, do it. All the time. Um, that is some amazing advice. But sadly, this will have to be the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Max, for coming on. So, Max, where can they find you on, like, social medias? Um, my name is Max Fosh. Just type that into to anywhere, any platform that you like. I'm on basically all of them. Um, Fosh is spelled F-O-S-H. It's like fish, but with an O. So, Max Fosh. Just find me anywhere. Great. Thank you so much, from Max, for coming on. I appreciate it. I'll see you on the next episode of the Newcast. No problem.